Welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. Today is May the 14th, 2015, and my name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. And very shortly, I'll be uh, joined by Mr. Mike Howerton of azbilliards.com and Mark Cantrell of the Legends and Champions Report. But first, before we get into that, I want to send out some congratulations to Mr. Bobby Hunter, the uh, former 14-1 world champion and Q-maker. He is a new father. Just had a uh, baby boy a couple days ago. So uh, right now he's busy... uh, feeding and uh, changing diapers and all that kind of good stuff. So congratulations, Mr. Hunter, on your new family member. Hope everything goes smoothly for you. And uh, yeah, so uh, we did something a little bit different this week. Mike and Mark and I uh, just had sort of a general discussion about some different topics that are going on in the in the pool world. So uh, before we get into that, I'm going to turn you over to the One Minute Pool Instructor, and we'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. And this is Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. So this uh, segment, we should probably uh, discuss that jump shot. The jump shot. That's, that's been around for uh, quite a while, hasn't it? Well, <clears throat> I have a book written in 1852 that talks about the jump shot. No kidding. 1852. Oh, that's quite a while ago. So the jump shot is not a new shot. By no means. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe the jump cue is new in our era. So why don't we talk about the jump cue? Okay. So what what is your opinion on jumping, Scott? Well, you know, I if you watch the pros today, they have become very skilled at jumping the ball. Or kicking or banking. Oh, yeah, they yeah. had to do that anyway. Right. But now they have a new weapon in their arsenal, and they have practiced enough with it that every one of them is pretty doggone accurate with it. And when the situation comes up, they'll roll out to a shot that maybe their opponent doesn't like, and they'll just grab their jump cue and fly right over it, make the ball, and draw it back or whatever. So one of the conversations I have a lot is the jump cue should be outlawed. (laughs) Well, that's like saying you can't have a sand wedge in your golf bag. Yeah, it's... uh, if it's part of the game, it's part of the game. My retort to that is always, uh, you know, you can learn to jump too. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You don't have to like it. But it is a new weapon in uh, recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about jump cues in the 1800s. I just know the jump shot was in that book I read. So yeah, um, I think my take on, on jump shots is yours, same as yours. Is uh, it's a it's a weapon mm-hmm. and it's a talent. And it's been used against me just as much as I hope I've used it against somebody else. Absolutely. So. And, and it's like anything else, Randy. How do you get good at it? Well, first of all, maybe get a little instruction. Yeah, you need a little help. Yeah. And then practice. Of course, you can always hit a million balls. <laughs> That'll take, yeah, well. Ten years. Yeah. Ten years, say. and then you don't know if you hit a million balls right or wrong. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm in favor of, of the jump shot, mm-hmm. and as long as they have a legal jump cue, uh, I'm all for it. You know, I, I remember uh, uh, back in the 90s when they had the Camel Pro Tour and the guys all out doing exhibitions, and I saw Earl Strickland 
jump a full ball with his playing cue, table length, and draw it back table length. And I mean, I was thoroughly impressed. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, if, if we can bring more people into the sport by just the jump shot, mm -hmm. I mean, having a spectacular shot, like the home run or the yeah, sandwich or the driver. Look, sure. look what golf has done with the driver. Yeah. I mean, oh, they got the size of a basketball. I mean, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all in favor. Plus, here's another thing. The cue makers have another road to make a little more money. Well, and how many cues are you going to own unless you collect them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're only going to have a couple in your well, life. Now you, now you got to have a playing cue, a break cue, a jump cue, a mass A cue. Yep, yep. Right, and I have one for bars and one for nine foot. There you go. There we go. And All do right. you have a left-handed and right-handed? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for students. Yeah. For All right. Exactly. Well, that's uh, some pretty neat information uh, about jumping. And so if you uh, folks out there want to learn how to jump better, go to a qualified instructor and get a little instruction. For the One Minute Pool Instructor, I'm Scott Lee. And this is Randy G. And we'll see you out there on American Billion Radio. Bye-bye. All right, welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. It is uh, May the 14th. 2015 and my name is Mr. Bond. I will be uh, one of your hosts for this evening. I'm also joined with uh, Mike Howerton of azbilliards.com and Mark Cantrell of the Legends and Champions Report. How are you guys doing today? Wonderful, thank you. It's, it's a nice day in Arizona. It's a little, a little overcast. I think it was 85 when I was outside earlier. Ooh. Well, Breeze. Well, Breeze going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we it, it's not snowing or raining today, so we're doing okay too. We, you know, we finally broke the seventy degree mark, so we're all pretty happy in the Midwest. Uh, I, I finally broke the point on the AC. Mark. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's pretty funny. Uh, we don't, we don't. Half the people in Chicago land don't even own air conditioners, just to give you an idea, man. <laughs> No, that's just because uh, that's, that's the area you live in. They can't afford air conditioning. Ah, yeah, yeah. On the uh, on the south side, that's right. We don't uh, we don't have air conditioners and we don't use refrigerators. We just dig a hole in the ground and keep our food in it. So anyway, uh, so what's going on in the pool world? Uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna to make a point of uh, bringing to the attention. Uh, Real quick, a mention about the Hustlers. This new television program is going to be making its allegedly making its debut uh, next Friday on the twenty second. I uh, got a couple of uh, well known players in there: uh, Jennifer Bretta and Mike DeShane, and and some of these other guys. So that'll be interesting to see how that turns out. And uh, also, I want to quickly mention that we've got this new event. You've probably heard about it if you haven't been living in a cave. Uh, the Atlantic Challenge Cup, which is the Moscone Cup-style competition for the juniors, is a little over two months away now. So we're getting kind of stoked about that. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there and ask Mike, what do you think about this uh, this Atlantic Challenge Cup thing? Well... 
it's something. I mean, I think it's good that, you know, we're doing something for the juniors. Sure. Um, I think it's going to be a very eye-opening experience. I mean, these kids are used to being yeah. the cream of the crop here in the States. And over in Europe, they may find out that, I mean, let's face it, Europe has a much more... Uh, a much more established system of, of yeah. training for their junior players. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I feel it's going to be a very eye-opening experience for the American players to get over there and find out sure. just how strong those players play. I mean, yeah. Asia had a 16-year-old win the world championship. I mean, yeah. nobody wanted any piece of co when he was a junior, <laughs> except for Shane, you know, <laughs> <laughs> These guys aren't used to playing guys and gals. You know, they're not used to playing players of that caliber. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the American players. I mean, they play great. I think there's a a good future in the game for them. But yeah, man, it, it's going to be it's going to be different. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, and unfortunately, unfortunately too, they're you know the first event is going to be on their turf, no less. So, (laughs) you know, so if it wasn't going to be intimidating enough, you know, traveling over there and, and, uh, yeah, that's, wow. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. That's for sure. What do you think about that, Mark? I, I, I agree with Mike. Uh, I I think it's, I think it's great for the game. I think it's good for the youth of of the game coming up and gaining some valuable experience as far as going overseas because, yeah, you know a lot of these kids. I, I don't know, but they've probably never been to another country, and so that's going to be another experience on its own. You know, mm-hmm. a ten-hour plane ride going to you know wherever yeah. is one thing. Jet lag is another. Uh, different food, uh, being made a fuss of yep. in in a you know uh, like a, a little mini celebrity status almost so yeah. all those things are going to play a part but that could you know uh that traveling overseas is going to work isn't going to affect the europeans too much nope. but you know like going back to what mike said europeans are very structured very structured and and i talk uh i, I said it um earlier to somebody i can't remember who uh Austin Holman, for an example, I do, you know, I've worked with him and we were uh, going to do some pool clinics and exhibitions and he wanted to have a meeting and that's fine because he'd never worked with us before to see how the, how everything would go. But he wanted to know how every second of a minute, an hour, subject topics, who was talking when it was he wanted it structured and, and set to where he knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm giving Thorsten as an example because he's a European, and that is a European trait, that they like that structure. And those kids over there are probably getting a different education than the kids are over here. Yeah. And again, not taking anything away from them, from our kids, from the Americans. Uh, but I think it's a different animal altogether. They're going playing in the Junior Colorado Open or the <clears throat> Junior Nebraska Open, whatever it might be. And that's good. There's nothing wrong. It's all experience and fabulous for them. But 
they have a whole different education in Europe, yeah. I, I believe. And I think Mike's got a very, very good point. And they're going to get their eyes open. Yeah, you know, and that that brings up a question. I just thought about this just now when you when you when you were talking. I wonder, uh, and this might something be something that we could look into uh, over the next few weeks. I wonder if these guys, uh, the American kids, are planning on getting together and doing some uh, some teamwork or some training together or anything along those lines. Maybe we'll have to have the uh, have their coach on and discuss it with them. I think that would be interesting. You know, do, we know, do we know who the coach is? I I have read his name and I can't remember it right now. Uh, Mike, do you recall his name? No, I don't. Um, you know what I was going to say. You know, going back to what Mark was saying, if if the junior players look at this as a tournament, you know, we're going over there. We're representing the United States. We must win. I think they're going to be disappointed. If they go into it as this is an adventure, this is an experience, this is just going to make my game stronger in the long run, then mm. I think it can be a very successful trip for them. Sure. Yeah. Oh, it's Earl Munson. That's who I was trying to think of. Earl Munson is he's the coach. Um, he's a PBIA instructor. We know that much, and and apparently he's. Uh, I want to say twenty years experience as as a as an instructor. Um, he's been a league director, tournament director. Um, let's see what else here. Official Billiard Education Foundation national tournament director since two thousand and seven. Okay, so uh, he's apparently been working with them on their stuff too. Well, I mean. Sounds like he's got uh, you know some notches in his belt. That's good. Like I said, I'd like to talk to him though, and just to see if uh, if they're going to be doing some some team building exercises or something along those lines. And, well, and something else I thought about, Mike, as you were speaking about uh, you know the Euros having a strong team. How much of an effect do you think it's going to have having two girls thrown into the mix? Because you know that. I, I think no matter if it's in the United States or Europe, I think that the the uh, female contingency is not necessarily as strong as far as participants or play level. What do you think about that? Well, they they're they're just a strong play level over there. I mean, you know, you look at at some of the top junior females over there. I mean, they play on the Euro Tour. They're competing against Jasmine. And I'm not saying they're racking for Jasmine. They're competing against Jasmine. Yeah. Uh, the, the American women may be in for even more of a surprise than the American men. <laughs> well, and I think you might have a point because there are so many less serious female competitors, especially in the junior ranks in the United States. In other words, their competition can't nearly be as strong as what it is in Europe. That's going to be a tough thing to fade, for sure. I Absolutely. I hadn't even uh, the, thought about the, that. The level of play is just so amazing over there. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's sad how the game of nine ball, which is an American game, and, and I mean, if you want to look at the, the history of, of where the game used to be its strongest, you look at the United States, mm -hmm. and the top players are now in Europe and Asia. And it's because of that dedication that Mark talked about. Right. You know, they're not 
just getting out there and hitting balls and showing up for a tournament, you know, the night before and well, I'll sleep four hours and I'll be ready for my first match. You know, ask, ask Torsten if he would like to play in a tournament where he arrives the night before and gets four hours of sleep before his match. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to say the answer is no. <laughs> I don't think he would like that. He wouldn't, wouldn't let that happen. You see, that's the, right. that's the difference. Exactly. He, he wouldn't let that happen. He'd know where he had to be, and he'd be there, get used to the time change. And you know, Torsten is one of the most. Uh, and hopefully next week, I'm going to uh, get a chance to talk with him on how he prepares for a tournament. And I, I, I can't speak for him, but I don't believe he's ever shown up for a tournament now before he started. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of preparation in everything that he does that makes him a, a true. A true professional. He yeah. just is a, a true right. professional in my eyes. I can't say a whole lot wrong about Dustin Holman. So I bet you he has a good alarm clock, huh? <laughs> I know he's got a Bluetooth scale that he carries with him from tournament to tournament. Wow. Really? Like yeah. a, a scale for body weight? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Holy moly. I don't, I don't know if he still does it, but he would prepare his own food uh, and have a diet set for himself mm-hmm. for what he would eat each day, what time he would eat it. It was proportioned out in a little time. He had a special bag, a uh, refrigerated bag thing that he would take these things around it, and every day he had a meal that was set for him to eat when he needed to, it to be eaten. We'd yeah. have the most carbs, the most energy, and... Uh, things like that, and not be too full, not be hungry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of thought process, and it goes to the gym. There's a lot of thought process in everything that a fella does, and I'm surprised he has won more world titles than he has because he's dedicated to that professionalism, and it's not restricted to Thorsten Holman. Uh, look at uh, you can look at Neil's fan as well. He's another one that uh, is dedicated to every aspect coming up to the match. And if that is something that's getting passed along to the juniors in Europe, not to be repetitive, that's where a difference is going to be. And the disadvantage that you said, Dave, mm. of going to, uh, you know, playing on their home turf, yeah. jet lag can be an absolute nightmare. If you've never had it, yeah. it can absolutely kill you. You don't want to eat. You wake up at 3 in the morning for mm-hmm. no reason and you can't go back to sleep Yeah, and you're starving hungry it's, it's silliness yeah. so hopefully they get an opportunity to get there early and prepare a little bit well you know uh, that's actually might be a good topic for our show next week maybe we should get together with some uh, professional players and uh, put together a show uh, uh, talking about some of the best practices for uh tournament not only term tournament preparation but for how to deal with the tournament while it's actually going on as far as you know you've got sometimes hours in between matches um and you know sometimes you might be a whole 24 hours later you know and in some cases before you play again how do you deal with staying focused for example during uh uh a long set, you know, a race to 20 or a race to 10 or what have you. How do you keep from getting distracted? Um, you made a good point of uh, uh, Torsten uh, moderating his diet 
keeping probably keeping the carbs going so that he's not getting hungry in the middle of something, you know, or whatever. I think there's something to be said about all that. And that is probably one of the biggest differences between your average player and some of your more professional players. And it may be a very good show to have the juniors listen to, to have them consider when they're about to go overseas and, and approach this. Oh, oh, they captain. The, the captain of the team listen and try and help work with that. Yeah, with them, exactly. You know, when they get that. Exactly, exactly. Because I'm sure their professionals uh, are going to have a lot more, you know, relevant information to give the juniors than you or I would, you know, most certainly. Well, I, I just hope to, uh, I don't, not to, you know, bleed the thing to death. I just hope that they go have, the juniors go have a good time doing it. Uh, you want to take it seriously, but the one, like Mike said, come away from it learning something, yeah. learning from the whole experience, and it's going to be invaluable to them. I, I want them to have fun, but yeah, again, I want them to make sure that they take it seriously as well. Sure. So they not oh look at this, we're on a trip to Europe, we're playing, you know, that's what we're going to do. Gonna play a little. Well, meanwhile, the Europeans are like we're up at six. We're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this, and we're ready to play. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's all i got to say about that, as far as that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, what else is coming up? Um, well, there's this new event. I mean, I guess it's not new, but it's the first time I'd actually heard about this, the, uh, the, the Archer Cup. I didn't know Archer had his own cup. Come on now. Where's the, where's the, where's the Mike Howerton Cup? Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. When I've done as much, he's in the cabinet, right? Above his fridge. It's above the sink, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Daddy uh, had that tournament in Atlanta for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He had one of them, did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. Oh, what was it? That was called the Johnny Archer Classic, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. No, it's that's only one of them. I didn't know about this this Archer Cup thing. Uh, uh, it's up in Quebec apparently, and uh, it's starting tomorrow. So obviously Johnny's up there, and uh, I think Deshane is up there, and and Torsten is up there, and and uh, several other uh, Americans, and then the bunch of people whose names I can't pronounce because I don't speak French. But uh, it sounds like a, a pretty intense thing uh the winner's walking away with like 7500 bucks i think it's 10,000 added um and again i didn't i i have to you know i guess i need to do a little more investigative research because i just wasn't even aware that this was going on so uh dang who knew i think the, i think the market has been uh lacking for sure on it um i know it's uh I saw um, Archie posted it on his Facebook page, and I believe it's on uh, the main page of AZ Billions, but that's it. I haven't heard much talk of it. I haven't heard. Mm. I, if I didn't look at Facebook or AZ Billions, I would never know. And even <laughs> if I looked at Facebook, I've seen it once on Johnny's thing. So I, I, I it's. It's not being very well um, marketed or promoted, should I say. Well, you know, maybe they just don't try to do it in America. You know, I, I, I can't imagine why, but 
you know, maybe they're afraid of getting uh, too many Americans up there and, uh, and, and beating out all their locals. <laughs> so maybe they don't want Shane. <laughs> it could be. You never know. You know, just saying. Uh, what I else know, is going it, on? It's the, I think this is the first one, isn't it? Mm, uh, no. I, mean, I don't think it's, I don't know if we've done another one. I think this is the I first don't, one. I'm not I sure. I don't think it's the very first one. Um, but, you know, I'll actually, I'll look that up while I'm talking to you. The, um, what was I just about to ask you? Um, do you know how old Thurston is? Thurston Holman? Yeah. Either one of y'all he, know how old he is? He's, he's got to be coming up on 40, doesn't he? Really? Okay. Well, I don't know. I, I, I really, honestly, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm just wondering if uh, if that uh, if that plays. Um, the reason why I brought it up was maturity level. I wonder if some of the younger guys just uh, at, you know, for lack of a better you know uh, perspective, maybe the older guys get it as far as the preparation things are concerned. So I was going to look into that. About thirty-five. Thirty-five. Okay. It looks like this this is the sixth annual uh classic Archer Cup thing. Well Really? Well, see wow. they've got two names on it. They've got the Thetford Mines Classic Sixth Edition, but they're also calling it the Archer Cup. So I'm not sure if that means that the Archer Cups happen six times, or I guess we should just call Johnny and ask him about that. It's probably what's going to have to happen. So I'm uh, sorry, sorry I didn't mean to confuse you. It's uh, well, you know how it is in the pool world. You you take the name of something else, you make it your own, you call it the longest running. You know. I, yeah, not that that's ever happened before. <laughs> not that that's ever happened. Never. Uh, Ginky Never. Memorial's coming up too. Ginky, uh, that's it in Steinway and and uh, the. Greater New York Metroplex there. Um, you guys have got a, an Arizona women's tour coming down into in, in Phoenix to two weeks from now. Are y'all is um, yeah? Are y'all wrapped up with that? That's not anything to do with the Diamonds tour down there, is it? No, but it's held in the same rooms. Um, a number of the players who come out and play on the Arizona Wins Tour, come out and play on the Diamond Tour. Uh, Bernie Store, Heather Cortez, uh, Rebecca Wagner's talking about coming out for one of the Diamond Stops. Um, you know, it's... The Arizona pool scene is, is pretty tight-knit, and, and most of the top players know each other fairly well. You know, they, they get together, they... You know, I think that's what hurt the Diamond Stop a couple weeks ago, it was during the Pacquiao fight, and I think mm. most of the players just wanted to get together at somebody's house and watch the fight and didn't really feel <laughs> like going out playing in a tournament. <laughs> right. That was stop four, right? Is that correct, last time? Yeah, stop four. Uh, Spike Ayardo won it, which just played great. So your next one's not until June the 6th, it looks like. So. Right. Uh, we do have the Arizona State Junior Championships coming up this weekend, ah. so that I'm looking forward to. Okay, they're having the Texas is having their juniors this coming weekend, also. Yeah. Where, where is that? Canal Mike. 
Where's the Arizona Juniors oh, now? Bull shooters. Bull shooters. Okay. Bull shooters seem to be doing uh, a lot. I've met the guy, uh, the owner, maybe a couple times. Uh, I've done, I think I've done one or two things, like exhibition style things or whatever there. Um, but I, I don't know him very well, but he seems like he's uh, good for playing enough money and, you know, supporting the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking about Mike Bates. Uh, I mean, I've come to him with different ideas for tournaments, and there's no arm twisting involved. It's just, okay, that sounds interesting. How much money do you need? Well, I need X. Okay, let's do it. Awesome. You know, he's. it, it helps that they, I believe they're the largest pool room in Phoenix, and it's not just pool that helps them uh, cover their nut. It's, uh, you know, they've got darts, they've got, they've got leads there. They've got tournaments there. Um, they've got Roger Long's pro shop there. I mean, really they're, they're doing a lot. They're, they're putting the money back into it. They've gotten uh, a half a dozen diamond bar boxes in there to compete with other rooms in the area that have diamond bar boxes. I know Greg would, Smack me if you heard me say diamond bar boxes, <laughs> seven foot diamond smart tables. Ah, yes, that's um, right. Can't say bar you know, boxes. But, and Mike is is a great is a great owner. He does a lot for pool. Um, Need more wife, huh? Well, I mean, he's yeah, he's easy to work with. Never had a problem with him, and he's you know we joke about our reputations in the game, you know, in the dart world, he is a major name. He's a member of the hall of fame as a player, as a promoter, as the, as a league, as a room. I mean, when you, when you talk about darts in America, Mike Bates is a name that people know, Mm -hmm. at least in the dart world, you know? Sure. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, before we change subjects, uh, Diamond Pool Tour, I'm assuming you guys caught the, the shot that that guy came with towards the end of our last stop? Mm. No, I didn't. No, no I, I keep seeing the thing saying, here's the shot, and then I end up doing something else, but what, what happened? Well, first of all, you know, if you guys haven't seen it, there's a website out there called uh, AZ <laughs> Billiards. Do you guys need me to spell that for you? Spell <laughs> Is that the first letter and, of the and alphabet the and the second and the last yeah, letter of the alphabet? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, and, and and on the front page there's a there's a YouTube video of a Tucson player Andy Couture came with a shot that I I agree was tougher than Efren's Z, and he measured it, he called it, he made the shot. And then he just pulled the balls out of the pockets like, yeah, okay, next game. The three-rail kick. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That, I'm going to have to watch that now. Shot. Okay. It, it's two minutes of your life. You can you can turn off as the world turns for two minutes <laughs> and watch. <laughs> oh, geez, man. I was so looking forward to my next episode of Swamp People. I don't know if I can pull myself away for that. <laughs> No, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to turn it on right now while I'm talking to you so I can and check this out. I hadn't seen that. 
and the, and the guy, yeah. and the, the last thing, the Diamond Pool Tour is a great thing. It's a good thing that happened for uh, for the players and for every, everybody involved, really, because, you know, he could have gone away very easily. But, uh, you know, Mike and Scott, and, uh, I think there's a couple other people I don't know involved, uh, brought, brought him back to life. And so that's a good thing. And it's a shame that, you know, if he, the turnout wasn't that good last time, it's a Manny Pacquiao fight, man. I didn't, you know, it, yeah, it was the thing. It was the thing at the time. Yeah. Oh, sure. wow! Really it's tough when you're trying to make up the schedule at the beginning of the year, and then it turns out that you know the biggest fight of, of however, however many years ends up on the same night, and you know UFC is the same night, and that means that you're gonna you know you're gonna lose your room at seven o'clock to a bunch of screaming muscle heads who want to watch people try to kill each other, and, and it's. It's tough, but, you know, and, and as someone involved with the tour, the tour wouldn't be happening without, you know, like how I'm making this transition there, Mark, mm-hmm. without uh, <laughs> Diamond Billiards and Casino Del Sol and uh, what, was, what was one of those? Other, uh, oh, Green Mail, and, and there was another sponsor we have. Uh, yeah, Mark. Can you help me here, Mark? Can you help him out, Mark, with that other sponsor? And uh, and uh, has something to do with garages or something, I think. <laughs> I think he fell asleep on us over there. <laughs> He's watching Andy's shot. I am too. Right, I'm well, totally right. watching that shot. I can't believe that he called that and made it. That's amazing. I'm yeah, just watching that. Very low key guy. Real, real cool guy. But yeah, since Mark's gone to sleep, uh, Neil's Garage Cabinet. Neil's Garage Cabinets, exactly, of Mesa, Arizona, was yeah. another one of your proud you sponsors. Go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Mark. He's. When we, when we all said it in unison right there, <laughs> Neil's Garage Cabinet. It sounded like the, uh, what's that thing from Semi Pro, that movie? <laughs> the Mega Bowl. The Mega Bowl. The um, Mega Bowl. You, anyway, you missed, what, what else we got, David? You totally missed your cue. Well, okay, so uh, there's the um, Big Trucks uh, 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 One Pocket event at Buffalo Billiards. Buffalo's man is one of the the hottest action rooms in the country. I don't care what anybody says. It's a it's a it's not a big place. It's not a fancy place, but on any given night there are people exchanging some very large bags of sand at the end of the evening. And uh, so Big Trek Pool Action TV has got this thing coming up on the 21st. Um a a one pocket uh you know what? It, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Uh, 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 what, what did they call that when the, all the cars that that drive into each other in the in the in the ring? Destruction derby. Demolition. Derby? Demo, demolition derby. That's what this is going to be a one pocket demolition derby. You got Corey Duell, Alex Pagalion, <laughs> Chip Compton, Joe Gray, Chris Bartram, Jason Brown, Mika Eminem, Danny Smith, Scott Frost, Justin Hall, Richie Richardson. Joshua Roberts, Justin Bergman, Jeremy Jones, Tony Chohan, and Cliff Joyner all battling it out at Buffs. Uh, you guys have any idea who's going to walk away with that? I'm, I'm still floored with the one pocket demolition derby. Uh, <laughs> you like that? You like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
when, when I think oh, of walk, walk, I think more like uh, the carousel with the horses going around. <laughs> I don't feel like <laughs> I think in demolition derby. Uh, oh, what? It's, okay. a, it's, it's, a, it's a good field. It's a good field of players. It for is. Sure. It is. Um, I'd say, obviously, you can't count Scott Frost. I'm not saying that because um, he's in my town or anything else. Because he can find he out. Where, yeah, he knows where you live. Yeah. <laughs> He is a fabulous one-pocket player. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think, you know, I think it might be a surprise uh, is Jeremy Jones. I, I started to say Jeremy, and, and I wouldn't even count Cliff Joyner out of it, to be honest with you. But Oh, Cliff Joyner can do it, too. Um, I, I think they, they can all do it on their day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But they're all accomplished players, and, you know, as. A wise man once said, the balls are on the front for everybody, kid. Yeah, this is very true. So, uh, I want to see T-Rex win it. He's, he's back. He's he's back in the game, and, and I'd love to see Chohan get a win there. Yeah. I wanted, here's what I want to know. Is, was he playing on the inside? I remember a, a, another top player that, that spent a significant time, a significant amount of time away from the game, like... Uh, Tony did, and he said he never touched a cue when he was there. He said there was a table there. He never touched a cue. I've heard that from a couple different players. It's probably it's probably a reminder that they don't want. Yeah, you might you might be right about that. I've never heard of a jail with the with the with the pool table on it though. That's that's wow. That must be. Oh a, yeah, they got all kinds of stuff. What? They got kinds of stuff in there. In the, I can imagine in the in the feds, but uh, it, really, it, uh, wow. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Yeah, maybe I should take a vacation. <laughs> well, he seems like he's he, he came back and he's gone. There was seriously, I just from what I've seen on the internet and Facebook page and that kind of thing, he seems like he came back, had two days to. Have some proper food, some proper sleep on a good bed, hugging kisses, friends and loved ones, and he he was back like quick, like playing quick. It seems like it. Up. Yeah, it seems like it. And that's uh, that's awful brave after a little bit of a layoff like that, not knowing what's you know how you can play unless they yeah. had a decent table there that he could practice on. Mm-hmm. And pay for cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Play for cigarettes. Well, and then of course we've got the uh, next month is uh, the make it happen. You know, Pat Fleming's big uh, uh, <laughs> demolition derby of one pocket. I was I was wondering where you were going to go with that. <laughs> it's uh, you know equally as epic. Is Efren Reyes versus Shane Van Boning versus Alex Peg, Lion Scott Frost, Scott and, and Justin and Danny are uh, are in it, and they're also in uh, Big Trucks uh, event, so they'll have a little bit of practice there ahead of time. But I mean, but you got Shane and Efren to deal with though, so I don't know. That's going to be a tough one too, and it's a round robin, no less. So uh, there will be no... Efren's playing in that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Efren. Tell you what, 
I don't care how old that freaking guy is. Me neither. He's, and and he, he doesn't jump around, and he doesn't do the whole, you know, theatrics or anything else. Or he looks like he's he's tired, but he's just keeps doing it. He still can do it. I'm telling you, he still can do it. Yeah. He's silent but violent. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have right, to start. I got a question for you. We got to catchphrase all these things, but yeah, go ahead. What's the question? Okay, so I'm going to ask you, and this is based on the field at the Make It Happen event. I'm going to ask you if, in your opinion, one of the players in that field, their game has lost a step, and it's not the player you're thinking I'm going to ask you about. <laughs> Do you think Shane's game has lost a step? I, that's who I was thinking that you were going to ask about. Actually, that was the first thing that popped into my head. Are you? Do you mean one pocket game, or you mean overall? I mean overall. Yeah, you know. Since, since when? Since when? Though. I mean, you're talking about in the past twelve months, or? I would say in the yeah, yeah, twelve to eighteen. I, you know, I hate to, I hate to say that because, you know, I'm gonna get hate mail and my car's gonna get lit on fire and and something like that for 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 suggesting that the great and powerful Shane has has got a, a thorn in his side, but you have to wonder, you know, he didn't do so well at Moscone Cup, uh, and he's had his butt handed to him by Sky a couple of times already uh, this year and. I don't think that it's that his game is slipping per se, but I don't know. Maybe he's distracted. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe he's got a girlfriend. Maybe he's uh, gained five pounds. Who knows? What I mean? What do you think, Mark? I I, I disagree with you, Dad. I um, you think he's just as strong as ever? Well, if if we're going, let's. How, how look, do you... at the Moscone Cup point. look at the Moscone Cup points legal list. He's way ahead of everybody. He, he is. won two of the events of the Reno Bar Table Championship. I don't think he did badly in Derby City. Um, while we're matching it against him, and he's had like two wins and a couple of second and third places. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I mean, what, what, really, what did you, if he's slipping, what did you, what, what slipping? If he's slipping means you're not winning every tournament, then yeah, he's slipping. But I tell you what, I won't mind being, you know, uh, a speed level behind him. Right. If you can win two out of five and come second and third in the other three. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. It, it, that's, 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 I guess that's the factual thing of it. I guess we're just so used to Shane just being out there, being so prominent, that when he's not out there so prominent, but it's not being made enough events, I guess, how do you do with uh, Super Billion Expo? How do you do that? Mm. Mike, you're the stats man. Um, Super Billion Expo, let's see. He didn't win it. I mean, it's, and he's pretty much, you know, the person to beat there. Mm-hmm. That is true. What? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I disagree with that standard as well. He's <laughs> the person to beat that. You've got how many? How many? Third. Yeah. How many? How many champions? How many top professional players were that? 
You can't, I, I don't uh, think anybody's uh, uh, just all he's expected to win. No, I mean, Dennis won, Jason Shaw took second, you know, and, and you could never complain about taking third place in a field like that. It, if it means anything, this is a conversation that I had with um, Mark Griffith, and Mark made the comment that every year Shane takes a, a break of a couple weeks where he, he just gets away from pool and it allows him to clear his head. Mm-hmm. And Mark believes that maybe that time is coming. You know, it's it's time for uh, for him to take that little break and and clear his head. You know, it, it, the reason I ask, and and it's not so much is he not playing at top speed. The question I'm asking is, is he playing at top Shane speed? Because we've gotten so used to Shane, right, just dominating tournaments. I mean, if if I told you at the beginning of the year that. Corey Duell would have won more money in tournament winnings than Shane at this time, you would have laughed me off the phone. Right. But, right. you know, this is why I ask. <clears throat> yeah. That you is know, I don't think he's a shoe-in to win a tournament when he enters it like he was two years ago. Mm-hmm. So he's not... Uh, are you saying that he's not at the top of the money board for the year, or is he just beneath Corey? Oh, he is. Well, actually, he's in he's in seventh because those Chinese eight ball events they kind of skewed the money in in a crazy direction. But if you just look at American players, he's number two on the money list, and he's very close to Corey. And and Corey, you know, almost half of what he won is based on one of those high entry fee, big payout events. Yeah, uh, smoke and aces. Right. 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 Hmm, that's interesting. Well, and you've got him, uh, he's still at, well, yeah. Huh. Yeah, the BCA points list goes back. God, I think, uh, I think Efren's first win at the U.S. Open is still reflected on that list. (laughs) Well, you know, I, you're right. I I guess it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's relativity really is what I think it boils down to. You know, it may be, maybe he is, uh, like you said, maybe he needs uh, to, to, to get the burnout out, take some time. I'm not, I'm not a big Shane no hugger. Um, I, but everybody won, everybody goes through a slump at some point, you know, in their career, or maybe they go through a slump every year just for a month or two. I don't know. Yeah. But, Looking at the actual numbers, and yeah, Corey may be ahead of him on the money list because of a particular event. But when you look at his finishes, I, yeah, I, I would love to go through a fucking slump like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put me through one of those slumps. Because yeah. I go through slumps that are two and out, and I didn't make a ball. So, well, yeah, and he, he's still got the points list locked down as far as the Moscone Cup is concerned, too. I mean, oh yeah, that's uh, that's that's a no-brainer as far as that's concerned. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you about that. Maybe we should ask Shane. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a decent, it's a decent question, though, Mike. You know, it's a, it's a decent question because people do see him not being as pre- maybe as prevalent or dynamic as he was. 
But if, if he has stepped down a notch and he's not playing to Shane's capability, he just maybe he shows you how good he is. If he's not playing to the best of his ability, and he can still and he's have still, the kind of finishes he's had. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. T- tells you tells you something, maybe. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's a, I mean, I think he's a danger to win any tournament he plays in right now, but I just don't think he's as much of a shoe-in as he was. Maybe maybe the other players just don't have that fear. I mean, let's let's face it. You know, we, Let's go back to the, the Super Billiards Expo event, Dennis and Jason Shaw. I'd, I'd be willing to bet there's no one holding a cue that Jason Shaw looks out on the board and says, oh, God, I hope. I really hope I don't have to play him. And, yeah, right. and Dennis, he doesn't care. Right. You know, either one of them. You know, the, right now, both of those guys have no fear. They'll play anybody in, in the world. Mm-hmm. This is true. Well, and not to... Skyla, like Skyla like and... Um, oh, yeah. Who, who else did you... You mentioned somebody else earlier, another young star. Uh, but they... they you know, when you were that age, we were all indestructible. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter whether it was pool or soccer or football or what, jumping over a fence. We were all indestructible. There was no fear because we had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and so that's why some of these young ones are coming up and like, hey, I get to play this guy. Awesome. Sweet. Mm-hmm. They look forward to it. What did I feel like? Oh shit! I'm screwed. <laughs> be, well, that I, that's what would happen to me. I would be the one to, to psych myself out. Absolutely, without no question, I would be my my own worst enemy at this game. Which I'm gonna take this opportunity to 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 transfer this same question to. Our other major contender for the Moscone Cup right now, whose name's been popping up all over uh, the AZ Billiard Forum, who do we think that is? Mike DeShane? Well, you can ask us a question and then answer it for us, or what? What what was that? Well, you know... You asked the question, then you answered it yourself. Well, I wasn't sure if you were going to get my uh, my brainwave going to you there. You know, I wasn't sure if you were going to pick up on it. You think it was going to say Buddy Hall? <laughs> That's not Buddy Hall. <laughs> I don't think it's going to Jeez, be Buddy. Louise. I don't think Buddy's going to make the team this year. I, I'm sorry to have to tell you that. Um, what do we All think right. about Mike? Uh, I mean, like, is he? Is he? I don't know. Is he perhaps the best player in the United States right now? Since we're talking about Shane being in the alleged slump. No, I don't think so. I think he might have been at one time. I think he was in the top five. I don't think he is now. Mm-hmm. Well, well yeah. I had this conversation before, and it's all in the wording, isn't it? I think he is, perhaps. Uh, arguably <laughs> the best player. <laughs> because you can uh-huh. make an argument. The best out of player. Because I'm arguably the best player in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, no, you, exactly. It's in the wording. You can argue the point with me. I'm arguably the best player in the world. He's perhaps the best player in the U.S. <laughs> you can argue with me that I'm not, and you'll probably win. But I'm arguably the best. Yeah. And he's perhaps, perhaps he isn't. Perhaps he's the best when, when Shane moves to Mars. So, you know, I guess my question for you, uh, uh, of my professional co-hosts, 
and to the listeners out there, what is it that's uh, that brings this up? I mean, I know it's Mark Wilson making the statements that he did, but do we think that uh, there's something going on with the Shane's game now? Is he up a notch where Shane's down a notch or half a notch or whatever? Is 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 Mike doing something that we should be taking note of? I mean, it's not showing in the numbers right now and the, the uh, on the rankings, but how relevant are those rankings as far as determining? I know that they can. You take a set number of events and you can gauge performances at those events, but how relevant is that to gauging? who the best in the country is. Can Mike be, you know, judged on that same scale? I don't think so. Mike? I, I don't know. Um, I, uh, again, you know, I'll go back to a comment that came up when Mark and I had our conversation, Mark Griffin. He, he just said that, you know, it's tough when you're at that level, and, and he and I were talking about Shane, you know, when you're at that level, it's tough to to move your game to another level. And, you know, the, the other players, the Skylers of the world, you know, they're coming in and they're they're pushing their game to that next level. I, I mean, I think DeShane is capable. I think if you give him three or four weeks to get back into uh, tournament shape, and I don't mean physical shape, I mean get his game back into top uh, nine-ball form, I think he's he's right there with Shane right now. Um, I just haven't seen him out there competing in anything. Right, right. Yeah, and that's where the... Well, I, yeah, he, well, I don't know he's playing um, this year. He's given him an opportunity to show what he's got. I, 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 you know, you know the stats man might be... What is he actually played in that's given him an opportunity to show that he's the best player in the country, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, because the events yeah, that, that he has, the events that he has placed well in, uh, you know, I'm not downgrading the accomplishment, but they certainly weren't, uh, you know, the biggest and the best fields out there. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know he's played him, so. His biggest finish was second place in the one pocket. Um, at the Derby? At, at Derby City, yeah. you know, and he's got a, an American rotation title, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's beginning to become a, a regular thing with him. You know, it's American rotation final, who's going to take second? You know, Mike, Mike pretty much owns that game right now. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, well, and I'll play devil's advocate, but, you know, who, what other professional level players, how many? I know there are some, but, you know, you don't have the Appletons of the world. You don't have the Van Bonings of the world. You don't have the the Schmitz of the world or the, the Bergmans and the Halls. They're not, uh, you know, pounding it out on the American rotation. So, uh I don't know. How high of a level is that? Well, I mean, that's you're right in that his competition may not be Appleton speed or Van Boning speed, but 
you know, you got to play pretty strong for that game. I mean, Joe yeah. Tucker would be a good uh, sure. a good guest to talk about that. But yeah. you know, I, I I believe you've you've really got to come with a game there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think the game is easy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make it sound like tiddlywinks or something. That's not the point. But it's it's not the difficulty of the game. I'm, I was referring more to the 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 caliber of players that you're up against. Hmm. Yeah, I guess no, it could I, be. I, I mean, it's, it's a good it's a good point. The point, uh, I guess, the point that they're trying to make is if we have a one bucket tournament and you and us three play in it, and Ephraim plays in it, and everybody the field's full of people like us, it's a tough game. But we know Ephraim's going to rob us. Mm-hmm. So you know, I don't know how strong the field is in American rotation. So that's uh, right. that, that's a valid point. You can win your Tuesday night tournament at Colby's Corner Pocket or at um, uh, you know the Plush Pockets or wherever you want to go. But if you're a professional standard player and you're playing against a bunch of you know B players, you, you should be the favorite to win. I'm not <laughs> taking this away from Mike Shane. I, I think he's the player, and I think he's going to be. Uh, maybe should be on the team as a captain's pick, but there's something I don't know what it is he needs to get over because last time he played, he didn't do that well. Yeah. I don't know what he needs to get over, but Shane doesn't do that well in Moscow on the Cup either. So. Well, you know, I'm looking at something here that says that uh, Mike has won his last three matches against Shane at... Uh, 2013 Derby City Nine Ball, 2014 Derby City Nine Ball, and 2014 Turning Stone. Mm. So, uh, you know, the last time, last three times he was up against Shane, he actually won. He, Mike, won the first place in the 2014 Ginky Memorial, fifth in the Dragon Straight Pool, first in the Ocean State. Uh, which included Shaw, Strickland, and Saucy. Uh, he was in the top 10 in the last three U.S. Open, nine ball, fourth place in 2014, top 10 in the last three Derby City nine ball, uh, nine ball two third place finishes, uh, first place in Derby City American Rotation, second place Derby City one pocket, fourth place at the Super Billiard Expo ten ball. So I mean, it's a decent showing, but I don't know. Um, I I just moonlighting with his agent. Yes, <laughs> you didn't know I was on the payroll. It's a nice showing, but yeah, but it's a what, nice showing. Dave? I know, but what? I'm not. No, that's a but nice showing, but but there's no but to it. That's a fantastic fucking showing. Are you kidding me? That's like dreams come true for a professional player. Well, okay, I, I guess I'm not arguing with that. I think that's a nice showing. Um, but how is that going to play out when it comes for Moscone Cup picks? Do you think that he's going to, uh, you know, uh, let's just go political for a second. Do you think that he's mended his relationship or uh, the, the alleged relationship or non-relationship, I should say, uh, with, with Mark Wilson to the extent 
that that's why Mark Wilson came out and said that he's perhaps the best player in the United States and he's he's, he's a shoe in based on captain's pick because it doesn't look like he's going to get on with the rankings. I think Shane, he's got his work out for him because in reality, he's got to go out to the Vegas events and do really well on bar tables, which we all know bar tables can be a nightmare. And it's, uh, I always call it uh, an equalizer. There's a lot of people out there who can... I've got more chance of beating Darren Appleton, a, a, a rack of nine ball on a bar table than I do on <laughs> a nine-foot table. <laughs> right. I do, because I can, I can break and run out, unlike you, my friend. Yes. So, if, so I can actually oh. win. I know, that I can was actually harsh, win that. That was pretty harsh. Yeah. When you, so he's got to go out there to Vegas and and play those events to to get those points to just get inside of things. Right. Then he's got to go back, and then the other the other two, I believe, the last two are uh, well, the U.S. Open and what's the other one on the East Coast? Uh, turning Stone. Turning Stone. Yeah, yeah, another Turning Stone. So he's got to play well and either win one of them. And place well everywhere else because he's lost so much ground already. Yeah, there's been five different events. Yeah, there are lower scale events, but they're still worth points. Right. And he's really got to have a good showing from this point on to make it. I or mean, really good. Or or he's going to have to start sending chocolate chip cookies to Mark Wilson every week. Is what I was getting at. You know what I mean. Yeah, well, I'm not even sure that's going to help him. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know. How much politics is going to actually be involved with all of this? Well, we know... Well, as, far as, as far as Mark Wilson goes. Well, Wilson, as as Wilson, goes. Wilson made it pretty clear last year that uh, that he did not necessarily appreciate uh, DeShane's attitude. And that... He didn't come out and say that that was specifically responsible for why he didn't get on the team, but he in, he implicated that. So that's why I'm saying, if like you said, if DeShane's got a lot of work to do to get on that uh, up at the top of that rankings list, or else he's got to make some chocolate chip cookies and start sending them out to Mark. And well, he was just out there at uh, Lindenwood and. Spent time with Wilson. Right. And, and the, Wilson uh, was singing his praises. Right, exactly. So, you know, so maybe there's a relationship that has been mended. Yeah. There. Right. Or maybe Mike said, hey, okay, I know what I've got to do to make this year's Moscone Cup. Yeah. So, show up and do some snoozing. How much is he going to have to do to make it on the rankings? It's going to be very, very hard for it. So, you're right. Um, Mark Wilson's got to pick him as a captain's pick. My point is, is he going to be a political fish, Mark Wilson, to play Mark? Because there's been so much talk on, you've yeah. got to have to shame, you got to have to shame. Yeah. Is he going to bow down to the peer pressure of putting him on just because he has to? Or do you think he's going to put him on because he deserves to be on? Mm-hmm. But right now, he hasn't done anything to deserve to be on. And I'm not saying anything about his talent. I know he's got talent, and I know he's one of the best players in the United States. He might be. Perhaps he is the best. I don't. I really don't know. It's but hard to he, judge. But he's not he hitting yes. enough this year for me to put a gauge on it. He's not doing the required homework for this year's ranking system. Is the is that's the primary problem for him right now? 
is that he's not getting the points based on the on the set matches that have to happen. Is that you know is he shooting himself in the foot by doing that, or hell does he even care enough? You know I guess that's something we should get Mike on and ask him about that. Whatever the Mike case. Always, Go ahead, sir. Mike Mike has always marched to the beat of his own drum, so you know there's a good chance that he's just saying. Look, I'll play in whatever tournaments I want to play in, and if I do or don't make my Sony Cup, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference to me. Right. That is. I, mean, a- I don't know that for a fact, right. but I think it's it's very possible. Right, exactly. exactly. You know, we've also got to look at the economics of it as well. I don't know how Mike makes his money. I don't know how much money he makes or where he gets, how much sponsorship dollars he gets, and anything else. It's none of my business. But we all know that pool players... 95% of them are not the richest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. But he's got to, for Mike to get into those points, he has to go to... He's got to spend that money. He's got to spend that money. And now, on the East Coast, he's fine. Turning Stone and uh, U.S. Open, he's fine now. But there's still more events. He's the, the, the ones, uh, the CSI events, for an example. He's joined. He's got to go there. He's got to play. I think, is it two, I think it's two events that they're having there that are most only cup yeah. events. And yes, there's two chances at it for the same dollar amount, but it's still 2500 bucks or more mm-hmm. to go out there to play on bar boxes against monsters. Yeah. And you don't got to win. I don't, even, I don't care if you're Shane, Archer, Appleton, you don't got to win under those conditions. So it's a big risk, and if you don't got the money, you know, you're going to miss out on those points. Right. Yeah, so it may be an economic disadvantage for him to even try at this point. So, again, I think that goes back to how bad he wants it, you know, because if he wanted it, he'd spend the money. If he could, I guess, if he had the money to do it. Nonetheless, exactly. That's his personal situation that we don't know anything about. Right. So I'm sure he wants to let's go. Let's ask him. I'm let's playing him. him. But if if he's got to take the chance with his own money, is he going to go? I don't know. That's going to be his call. Let's get him on the show next week and 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 uh, and talk to him. <laughs> let's talk to him about that. About uh, I tried to. I tried to, Dave. I'll yeah. tell you something. I'll tell everybody because I want to get him on the show. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Allison Fisher is trying to get him on the show. The, the thing is, with this new TV show that's coming out of the hustlers, it's, they're asking them not to do interviews without going through True TV's PR department. Right, right, right. And and that's holding them back. Now, whether we want to talk to them about Moscone Cup is irrelevant, I think. I think they just don't want him going out there and us ambushing him or anybody else ambushing him and saying, what happens in the first one? Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. This is true. And we're only a week away. So All right. We're putting people to sleep, guys. So let's get let's wrap it up. Um, again, we got the Hustlers is said so now that you mentioned it, it's coming up this next Friday. So uh, keep your uh, your eyes peeled for that. Let's give it some good rain uh, uh, T V ratings as far as, you know, watching it is concerned at least. Um, let's get good numbers on it so that they'll at least let it stay on. Uh, you know, for the first season, and then if it if it's good, then it'll stick. It'll stick around, and if not, then we'll wait for the next one to come along. Thanks, guys, for uh, taking the time. I appreciate it, Mike. Appreciate it, Mark. Appreciate it, no problem, fans. 
And uh, we will get back at you next week with more of this American Billiard Radio. Radio.